Hey everyone, welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato, founder and fitness coach of Thrivology in Alexandria, Kentucky. Today, we're going to be talking about why everyone needs resistance in their life. Last time, we started our conversation about weight training through Weight Training 101 and training as a way of life by talking about how weight training got started 2,500 years ago through Milo of Croton, who picked up a baby bull and carried the bull every day until it was four years old. And that was basically the start of progressive resistance training. Now, again, you can believe or not believe the story of Milo, but nonetheless, the anecdote itself is a good story around how to progress yourself and why progression is important if you're trying to achieve an outcome. We also talked about the gymnasium and how the Greeks used the gymnasium as a way to, to improve the whole body, not just a way to improve the physical body, but a way to improve the mind, a way to improve recovery, and how all of that together was going to be necessary to make sure that you were at your best, both physically and mentally. It wasn't just physical training. It wasn't just mental training. It was everything as one to become our best. Today, we're going to dig into the importance of resistance and why we need resistance, literal, literal physical resistance in order to live a long, healthy life. Of course, I can sit here and talk to you about the importance of weight training through the lens of all of the benefits that you'll get from it, from improved glucose disposal to improved insulin sensitivity, improved blood pressure, uh, lower heart rates, all of these different things. Hypertension will improve. I already said blood pressure. Um, HDL levels will go up. Like there's so many benefits that happened through weight training. Now, a lot of these happen through other forms of exercise as well. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like those are the only things that, um, or weight training is the only thing that does that. However, there is one thing that almost only weight training will do that other forms of exercises will not do. And that's what we're going to put our focus on today. Many of you may know the words sarcopenia and osteopenia. If you're not, say, over the age of maybe 25 or 30, these words may not mean anything to you yet. They may not be in your regular, I don't say, maybe most people don't talk about that regularly, but I think people over the age of 30 or so, 30 or 35, know the word because sarcopenia and osteopenia are um, are things that happen to you as you age if you don't do certain things. Sarcopenia is the loss of muscle as you age. Osteopenia is the loss of bone density and strength as we age. Now, of course, the important caveat here is both of those things become lost if we don't put resistance on them if we don't put resistance on them. And as we lose those things, as we lose both bone strength and muscular, uh, not only size, but strength, we also increase the risk of one thing, and that is falling. So falling is one of the leading causes of fatal and non-fatal injury. Actually, it is the leading cause of fatal and non-fatal injury in people over 65, and one of the leading causes of fatal and non-fatal injury of people 
um, before the age of 65. One in five falls uh, has an outcome of a serious injury. So falling in and of itself, literally fall, like not falling from like a roof, but falling from standing can cause serious injury. And it's people overlook the importance of being resistant to falling, being resistant to falling. Okay. So again, we're not talking about falling from a ladder or falling from a roof or falling from 10 feet up in the sky. We're talking about standing on your feet and falling to the ground. That alone has serious implications to a lot of people in our society now because of these two things, not directly necessarily, but these two things, sarcopenia and osteopenia are very much wrapped around the likelihood of you having a serious incident if you fall and the likelihood of you falling to begin with. So uh, yesterday I came across an idea that I wanted to implement today. So I'm going to see if I can describe it correctly and make the relationship correctly. So there's a way of thinking about life called don't multiply by zero, not called, that is don't multiply by zero. So in algebra, if you multiply any equation by zero, the answer is always zero. That's something I had to be reminded of. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, if you multiply any equation by zero, it doesn't matter. Five times 10 times 100 times 1000 times a million times zero is always zero. So in life, you can do all kinds of good things, all kinds of really, whether it's financially or healthy or whatever, you can do all these things right. But if you do, if you're doing something that could potentially bring your gains to zero, then you're multiplying by zero. So in the health and fitness game or in our context, you can eat well, you can sleep well, you can do a lot of other things real well. But if you're living kind of a sedentary life, you're not doing weight bearing exercise, and you still have a high risk of falling, and your bone density is low, and your bone strength is low, and you have a low muscle mass. In my mind, you're multiplying by zero because if you fall, you could it could be serious injury, and it also could mean some it could mean death at some level. Okay, so when we talk about falling, we're not talking about being 85 years old and falling. We're talking about at any age, falling can be very detrimental to us. And we want to be able to overcome that. And the main ways we overcome that is through overcoming sarcopenia and osteopenia. So sarcopenia really has its onset around the age of 40. And after the age of 40, if you don't do regular weight bearing exercise, then your body loses muscle mass at the rate of about four to six pounds of muscle mass per decade. Most of the muscle that you lose when you lose muscle after the age of 40 is what's called type two muscle. So really quickly, this is important to understand to kind of understand why type two muscle is important. You have two basic types of muscle fibers in your body. You have type one muscle fibers and type two muscle fibers. Type one muscle fibers are also known as slow twitch muscle fibers. 
They are high in endurance. They are slow to fatigue, meaning they go for long periods of time, but they don't have a lot of strength and power to them. So these are muscles that might help you be able to walk a long distance or run a long distance or just be able to stand for a long time or stay in an upright posture for a long period of time. Those are type one fibers. Like I said, they're slow twitch. They're made for endurance. On the other end of that are type two fibers. These are called also called fast twitch fibers. Uh, these are built for speed and power and strength. And they're, they don't last very long, meaning they're not built for endurance. They're built for like bursts of energy, usually about 10 seconds or less, sometimes a little longer. Um, but that's when you like exercise things to think of are like sprints and, excuse me, weight training and powerlifting and other things like that, where it, it's a short period of time that you're doing it. In real life, that's things like getting up out of a chair or getting up off the ground or picking things up off the ground or, I don't know, picking something up from overhead and setting it down to the ground. Like it's those muscles that we use to do those kinds of things. It's type two muscles, those fast twitch muscles. Now, after the age of 40, like I said, we'll lose on average four to six pounds per decade if we're not doing weight bearing exercise. Most of that four to six pounds are fast twitch or type two muscle fibers. Why is that important? That's important because those are the strength and power muscle fibers that we need to stand up, to sit down, to go up and down stairs, uh, to be able to step over objects if we need to, to be able to jump over objects if we need to, to be able to pick things up off the ground, to be able to keep ourselves under control whenever we step off a step and we don't know that the step is there. I'm sure you've done that and you've just like jolted yourself all of a sudden. <laughs> um, if you do that, those are type two muscle fibers that keep you from collapsing to the ground. So when we lose those over time, we reduce our power, we reduce our strength. And as we do those things over time, we, re we increase our likelihood of falling. Up to 20% of people up to 60 years old, let me say that again just so it makes sense, up to 20% of people up to 60 years old can have clinical sarcopenia, and then up to 50% of people over 60 years old can be uh, sarcopenic. I'm not sure if that's the right way to say that, but that's what I'm going to say. Um, so clinical sarcopenia and then just muscle loss are kind of two different things, like if you're not doing weight-bearing exercise over the age of 40, you're going to be losing muscle. But to be clinically, to have clinical sarcopenia, it means you have to be losing it at a certain rate. So um, nonetheless, on the other end of that is osteopenia. And osteopenia is the loss of bone density and strength. So this, again, happens right around the age of 30 or 35 if we're not doing weight-bearing exercise, what the body does is, or what's happening naturally, is you're starting to lose bone at a faster rate than you regrow bone. So throughout your life, your body is doing what's called bone remodeling. Bone remodeling is literally the body coming in, taking old bone, breaking it down, and then replacing it with new bone. This is done through two molecules, if you will, 
osteoclasts come in to do what's called bone absorb. That's let me look at this word bone resorption. It's kind of a weird word bone resorption. R E S O R P T I O N. Um, basically reabsorption is a way that I like to think of it. So literally those osteoclasts come in, they find old bone, they break them down, they break the minerals down, and then osteoblasts, I like to think of them as coming in and blasting in new muscles for bone formation. So that's a regular thing that happens throughout our life. Up until about 20, I'm sorry, up until about 30 or so, that process happens equally or faster, meaning the osteoblasts will come in faster at a faster rate and regrow bone or go through bone formation faster than osteoclasts will come in and break muscle down. At about 30 or 35, that process becomes even and can become in the negative, if you will. When it becomes in the negative, meaning when osteoclasts are breaking muscle down faster than osteoblasts are showing up, that is called osteopenia. And that's when the bones become brittle. And if you're also sarcopenic, meaning you have weak, less muscle and weak muscle, and you have brittle bones, that means not only are you at a higher risk of falling, but you're also at a higher risk of breaking a bone when you fall. Okay, that was a lot to just say, um, but nonetheless, making all that connection was important. So we... Now we have an idea that we want to keep as much muscle on our bodies as possible as we age. And we want to maintain nice, strong bones as we age as well, because, because falling is a very real thing that impacts a lot of people and can lead to serious injury. But why does our body want to take those things away in the first place? If they're so important to us for our health and our longevity, why is our body trying to strip us of muscle and strip us of bone? Uh, well, our body does that because they are costly. And if we're not losing them, we are going to, if we're not using them, then we're going to lose them. If you've ever heard the saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. It is definitely in this case, the case. The main thing, the main behavior that causes muscle and bone loss is sedentary living. The main behavior that causes muscle and bone loss is sedentary living. Now, there are other behaviors in there as well. Smoking uh, causes bone loss a lot. How high alcohol intake causes bone loss as well. Um, there's other things in there that are worth considering. They're very important, so I'm not overlooking that. But the main regular behavior outside of those things is sedentary living. In other words, sitting around a lot, not moving often, not doing weight-bearing activity often, and not pushing our bodies to want to keep those things there. Muscle is very active. It's very costly to keep on your body. And so your body's like, hey, if you're not going to use it, I'm going to go ahead and take it away from you because it's costing me a lot of energy to keep that muscle on you. So I'm going to go ahead and just steal it. Bone's kind of the same way. It's not as active per se, but it's heavy. And I mean, not like super heavy. Nonetheless, less bone is lighter than more bone. So if you, it's easier to move you around with less bone, I'm going to go ahead and eat some of this bone off of you. If you're not going to use it, I'm going to go ahead and take it from you. 
Um, it's very real. Like muscles are costly, bones, bones, like your body is going to take away what it doesn't need so that it can not be as, uh, not use as much energy. So let me take a drink so I can slow my mind down real quick. This is a tea. That's a good. Thanks, Jonathan, for pointing that out. There is a tea on this mug. It's a great place, by the way. It's a place called Thrivology. Um, it's the sponsor of this podcast, in case you didn't know. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's a good place. It's in Alexandria, Kentucky. It's world-renowned. The city is. Yeah. You act like you don't know about Alexandria, Kentucky, please. Everyone knows about Alexandria. It's A-Town. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry. She's, she's telling me that, so I hold the cup correctly. Okay. Very nice. Thanks, Jonna. Um, so sedentary living causes muscle and bone loss. Why? Why do we need resistance? Why is it that sitting around causes our bones to deteriorate, deteriorate and our muscles to deteriorate? Well, like I already said, they're costly. At the same time, it's because we're not getting literal resistance. We're not giving them resistance. We're not giving them a reason to be needed. So muscles need what's called mechanical fatigue and mechanical damage in order to repair and become stronger. When you do weight-bearing exercise, especially to an intense degree. Muscles become fatigued, they become damaged, and as they repair, they grow and become stronger. If you don't do that regularly, they have no reason to stick around, so your body eats them. Bones uh, need what is called piezoelectric, um, piezoelectric stimulus, if you will. So there's a, an idea called the piezoelectric effect. Piezo, P-I-E-Z-O, literally means pressure. So pressure electric, if you will. I'm not going to go into the actual underlying mechanism behind all this because admittedly I don't understand that part of it. Um, but literally here's what happens. When you stimulate the body, when you put resistance against the body, it puts pressure against bone. And that pressure stimulates remodeling through this idea called piezoelectric, the piezoelectric effect, through the pressure of the stimulation. Through that pressure, that stimulates bone remodeling. Like we talked about, remodeling is when Osteoclasts come in and clean out old bone, and osteoblasts go in and bring in new bone. Over time, that stimulation, that pressure against the bone, that pressure against the body, over time, that builds stronger and stronger bones, or maintains bone strength, if you will. If you don't have that pressure against your bones, then over time, the body says, I have no reason to hang on to these bones. I'm going to eat them. It's maybe a little brutal way to say it, but nonetheless, it's kind of what's happening. So literally, both our muscles and our bones need resistance. They literally need 
external resistance put upon them so that they're, they understand that they need to be there in order to, uh, in order for the body to function. The muscles on the one hand, they need to be broken down. They need to be fatigued so that they can then recover and become stronger. On the other hand, with the bones, they need that external pressure. They need that so that the stimulus then tells them that they need to remodel, if you will. Okay. So what does all this have to do with weight training? What does all this have to do with resistance training and why it's important to overcoming falls? Well, I'm a, I've alluded to it a lot throughout this conversation. The only way to ensure that your muscles become stronger, maintain their strength and become stronger, and the only way to, for your bones to maintain their strength and become stronger is through weight-bearing exercise. The only way for that to happen. You exercise is great. All other forms of exercise are necessary and great. But through weight-bearing exercise, that is the only way for that to happen. And here's why. At the beginning of this, we talked about the two types of muscle fibers. We talked about type 1 muscle fibers, and we talked about type 2. As a quick review, type 1 muscle fibers are the endurance type. They are long duration, uh, longer duration type muscle fibers that are there to help you for long periods of time. Type 2 muscle fibers are fast twitch. They are there to help you for short periods of time, but they are for strength, power, uh, and speed. They're there to help you when you need to sit up real quick, when you need to catch yourself as you fall down, when you are going up and down stairs and all of that. Those are the muscle fibers that we need as we age and the ones that we lose the most. And the only way to keep those and build those is through external resistance training. The only way to do that. Running does not do it. Yoga does not do it. Other forms of exercise that have no weight-bearing capacity to them do not do it to a degree. To a small degree, they, they may, but you will still lose type 2 muscle fibers if you're not doing weight-bearing exercise. Again, this is not me saying that those other forms of exercise are not important. They are absolutely very a huge necessity to stay mobile, to stay in good cardiovascular ability, like other forms of exercise, all very important. Weight-bearing exercise is the only way that you're going to keep and get stronger your type 2 muscle fibers, which are the ones that will build your strength and keep you from falling. I cannot overstate the importance of reducing the likelihood of falling at any age, but especially as we get past the age of about 50. So... That probably wasn't where you thought this conversation was going to go. It would have been very easy for me to talk about other benefits of weight training and how, you know, those are the things that you need to focus on. But really, when it comes down to it, we like that idea of multiplying by zero or not multiplying by zero is very important. And if we're not doing the things that we need to do to keep our bones strong, to keep our muscles strong, and therefore keeping us off the ground. And if we do land on the ground, keeping us from having a serious injury that may put us down, then I think that we're multiplying by zero. 
And we don't want to do that because if we want to live a long, healthy life. We need to have strong, healthy bones and muscles. Okay, quick review, and then I'll ask us some questions before we get out of here. First, falls are very impactful. I just lost my train of thought. There it is. Um, it is the leading cause of non-fatal and fatal injury to people over the age of 65. One in five falls cause serious injury. So it's important to take those seriously. Uh, sarcopenia and osteopenia are the reasons for that. Sarcopenia is the loss of muscle. We lose mostly type 2 fibers as we age. Those are the power muscles that keep us upright. Uh, and, well, let me rephrase that, that keep us being able to stand up and sit down and move around in a powerful kind of way and keep us up going downstairs and keep us from falling when we stumble. Uh, osteopenia is the loss of bone strength and density. And when we lose that, then we have a greater likelihood of breaking bones at any age. So overcoming that is important. We don't want to do that. Both of them need literally external resistance to know that they need to be there. Muscles need external resistance to be able to break down and then repair stronger. Bones need external resistance to get the stimulus, the pressure stimulus, to come in and get those uh, osteoblasts in there, remodeling the bone to make them stronger as well. Here's a couple questions for you to think about as you're processing all this information. Number one, am I implementing weight training often enough in my training program? Am I implementing weight training often enough in my training program? If you have not implemented weight training lately, you have not impl implemented weight training enough. I don't know if that made sense, but it sounded good. At least two days of week of a week of weight training is what is recommended. I would definitely agree with that. Two days a week is a great place to start. And progressing those weights as you go is very important because remember, the bones need that external resistance. Once they get adapted to a certain weight, then they have no reason to continue to remodel the bones, I'm sorry, the muscles are the same, are the same way. Uh, how seriously am I taking my weight training in the moment? So if you are weight training already, are, again, going back to last episode's idea, are you progressing? Are you progressing your weights or are you just staying the same? Remember, that doesn't mean that you have to progress in every exercise all the time. Some people are comfortable getting stronger and going up in weights in certain exercise versus others, but nonetheless, are you taking those seriously and are you progressing yourself appropriately? Lastly, how can I increase my weight training intensity to mitigate later issues? Sometimes I skip words and I have to like slow my mind down to know what I was saying. What I actually have typed here is how can increase my weight training? I missed the I at any rate. Let's be talking out loud again. How can I increase my weight training intensity to mitigate later issues? It's hard to appreciate issues that may arise down the road. In 10 years, what, what do I care what happens to me in 10 years? Well, I would argue you should care a lot what happens in 10 years, and what's going to set the precedent for that is what happens today and what you do today. So starting today is important. And if you haven't started today, then today is the day to start. Okay, good. All right, that's all I have for you today. 
Make sure that you share with your friends so that they get the good news too. Make sure that you subscribe. And until next time, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.